Hey everybody, welcome to episode 80 of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man you may recognize as the preacher from the 2005 Pittsfield High School production of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, Derek Halpin. I would be outrageously surprised if somebody recognized me from that play from our small town high school. People Why were talking about one? it. Why that one, Garrett? Because that's the only one plays. you and I were part of together. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I was going to say, I did Charlotte's Web. I did Honeymoon at Graveside Manor. I did, uh, I don't know, a lot of plays. And you, you chose to go with that one. However, the irony, I guess, is that that's probably the most well-known of the uh, productions I've been a part of. Oh, well, bless it's, your beautiful hide. Yeah, that's where we chose to go with this uh, episode at the stop, <laughs> or at the start. I just figured maybe we have some theater aficionados that would love to know that you did have a role in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I did, and it was that of a preacher, which, as many of you know me, that's a little bit of ironic. It is, but also, you were an important part of that, because without you, those Seven Brides and Seven Brothers would have never been able to have uh, sex that was okay back then. Yeah, absolutely. You are responsible for 14 people fornicating. Yep. Fictionally, of course. Nope. Probably in real life, too. (laughs) I I don't know. There was there was some partial nudity backstage at that play. There was a lot of uh, a lot of changing of uh, garb, and I happened to be involved in some of that, and it was weird. Did this somebody a... see your underage penis, Derek? Do we need? No, to I didn't have this? to do it. I was just there. I got to watch. Remember how last week we opened with all talk about wrestling, and this time it's all seven brides for seven brothers. Garrett was like, "I didn't like that. I like talking about other things to start the show." Well, I was pretty impressed with last week's, and I thought maybe we'll find a way, but it just didn't happen. We're still talking I, high school plays. I heard positive things about the way the show started last week. People were surprised not only at our ability to talk about wrestling from the start of the show, but for how long before we actually got to our goddamn music. And, yeah, that was uh, a while. We made people yeah. really wait for that. Mu- Does anyone even still listen to the music, or is everyone 10 seconds in ahead when they get to the music? Do people skip it? I They shouldn't because Cowboy Josh Hendricks did a great fucking job on our music. And I feel like people who are just coming in didn't even know his name because that was so long ago. You know, we are like what, almost a year and a half into doing this. And I'm still a big fan of our music. And I hope you guys are too. We never mentioned Cowboy Josh for making our music. And I realized Colt Cabana mentioned Super Fun Yeah Yeah Rocket Ship, our buddies over there uh, every single time. Yes. So yes, our good friend Corey Goodman of the band Super Fun Yeah Yeah Rocket Ship. Big pro wrestling fan. Also a Carly Rae Jepsen fan, so we've got some shit in common. Did you guys have a talk about that recently? No, <laughs> but I saw that you he just also know did that? the meet and greet. <laughs> he did that too? Well, we're Facebook friends. But you didn't talk to him about it? That seems like something you would bond over. Why would I talk to somebody I haven't talked to in years? Just reach out and been like, you want to talk pop music? God damn it, Derek. Hit our goddamn music.
I'm kind of disappointed with how quickly it came this week. The music. <laughs> well, you know, you can't, they can't all be hot openers. <laughs> well, that's on you. You chose to go with my my theater background as opposed to whatever. Hey, I got I got to bring something up really quick. Okay. Um, is it is it at least a little bit weird? Um, that you have more recently gone to a meet and greet for Carly Rae Jepsen than you do like pro wrestlers. Like you have uh, a pro wrestling podcast. Well, I mean, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Go talk to more pro wrestlers? Well, that would be preferable. Well, I did this weekend. <laughs> like, I think people think it's cute that you you like Carly Rae Jepsen and you go to meet and greets and you go to the show and you, you're out there being you. But, you know, maybe they want to hear you have a conversation with Joey Ryan. They want to hear about that shit. Well, where where am I supposed to go talk to Joey at? Don't, isn't he coming to you soon? He already came and went. You missed it, didn't you? I did miss it. (laughs) (laughs) That was good on you to call me out on that, though. I was just thinking, like, he was just, like, around the corner from your house, and he was ready to talk to you for free. I had a thing going on, Garrett. I had a thing to do when I was planning on going to see Joey Ryan. Mm -hmm. So I apologize. Mm-hmm. But you, on the <laughs> other hand, as you were saying, I guess you did do a meet and greet recently, so busted. I'm wrong. I watched, this was another one of those really long wrestling weekends. You make it sound like that's a bad thing. No, I had a fucking blast. But I definitely, the first one I went to was on Saturday night. The GCW guys were doing a show called The Invisible Man Presents Wombat. And what does that mean? Uh, there is, that did stand for something. It was an acronym. I don't, uh, let's try and figure that out without looking it up. <laughs> that seems like something that you would have made a note of. It doesn't really matter that much, but I will say. <laughs> I will Late, say no, it matters because, ladies and gentlemen, I have a story to tell you from Saturday. I'm shopping at the shopping mall, looking around for some good things to buy for myself, and I get a phone call from our beloved co-host here wanting to talk to me the way a young boy or girl would right before their first date about how nervous and excited they are about a a thing that's about to happen. Cause Garrett's going to this GCW show and in what town is this show, Garrett? Tullahoma, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Your boy here who uh, likes to talk about all sorts of random tidbits from my life at the top of the show wanted to vent to me about how nervous and how scared he was to be going to this show because uh, he'd heard some awful things about the kind of people that go to this show. That is that is true. Uh, leading up to going to the show, I was, I'll be honest, just excited for the weirdness of it. And then as I started telling people that I was going to Tullahoma, I just kept hearing, like, Tullahoma, that place is scary. And I'm like, yeah, how so? And they're like, well... A lot of Nazis. What? <laughs> well, yeah, that is scary. <laughs> I t- are the Nazis at the show? Oh, yeah. Like, I think at one point somebody used the word white supremacist hub. Well, that's the one that you clung to for the entire phone conversation with me. It was like, were you expecting me to talk you out of going? No, or I think I just want... did you want me to want... talk you into going? 
I don't know what I needed because either way I was going to the show, no matter how sketchy it was going to be. It just made me feel like I was a, a vice reporter going into a country with war. But, but it ended up being not that. <laughs> you were going alone, right? No, I was uh, driving up with Garrett Keith's wife, Kelly. Friend okay. of the show, Kelly, who uh, Garrett Keith, wrestler in training. He's been on the show before. I uh, rode up with his wife, who I will tell you this. That should have been a two-hour drive. We made it in there, made it there in just, just a smidge over an hour. Nice. It was fucking terrifying. I'm sorry, Did that Kelly. make you I, feel better about your ability to get out of there quickly if you needed to? Derek, since my, my uh, automobile accident, I have a little bit of PTSD about being in cars. <laughs> You don't like you realized you could die. Oh, yeah. I think the way you put it when I had that car wreck is uh, you said when you get into your first wreck, you really come to terms with how fragile of a situation driving is something along those lines. Either way, I'm terrified of cars now. And she was going like 90 and somehow I didn't die. It was great. I I never felt like I was going to die. Kelly, you need to know that. I appreciate the ride. It wasn't as scary as I'm making it sound. I'm shaking my head yes, though, right now. It was a little scary. <laughs> does the beginning of Mick Foley's entrance music with the car wreck, does that give you feelings? No joke. You know when you put uh, when somebody plugs their phone into their car and sometimes it connects to the car and just plays whatever the first song is they have? Yeah. When we get into her car, she plugs it in, and the song that is playing for the first several minutes of our drive is the Brood's entrance music. Really? That's a rad fucking tune. It was pretty good. I was not mad about that. That bass. If you have a good, if you have a good sound system, the bass on that song is is pretty fucking intense. Do you feel like? So... Do you think Gangrel feels like he did a good job with the Brood? I mean, he made a couple stars out of it. A lot of people look back on that time period very fondly. So, I mean, I'm sure there's people who come up to Gangrel all the time and thank him for some pretty awesome memories from their childhood. But Full uh, disclosure to all of our listeners, we are recording on Monday this week, so we have not seen Raw. For all we know, Gangrel is out there right now just praising the brood and how good of a job he did. I did have time to watch uh, a little bit of the beginning of Raw, and John Cena was there, as was Devon Dudley and Rikishi. So I'm sure Raw reunion's going well right now. I will catch the highlights after we finish this show. You have to pick up your stories, sir, because you are heading to White Supremacistville, USA, to go watch a GCW show, and you are nervous. You probably got the little gurgly thing going on in your stomach. You don't know what you're walking into. What happens next after you get over your car phobia? Uh, well, we get there in amazing time. We should have gotten there right as Bell started. We got there a fucking full hour before. <laughs> uh, as we pull up, it is the Gypsy Joe Arena. Uh, by arena, it is a building. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there was maybe, I would say about 100 people there, probably a little less, if I had to guess. Uh, the parking lot, though, across the street from it, was basically just all of the Southern Underground Pro fans. Really? So, you know, it did make me feel good. I was there with a crowd of wrestling it's fans. And familiar also, faces. As, as we were driving through this town, I immediately was like, everybody who told me about this town 
oversold this town. Derek, this town looked so much like you and I's hometown. See, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I never really thought of our hometown as that bad. I mean, yeah, it's not I didn't great either. for <laughs> diversity, but... Uh, yeah, no, it, our hometown diversity wasn't... Diversity was non-existent. I believe diversity was an old wooden ship. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this town immediately not scared of this town. It was literally just our hometown, Derek. It looked so much like it. Did that make you feel at home? Immediately. <laughs> Where Did I you think find the McDonald's. I think the scary part for anyone was like, this is a small town. Who knows what goes on? It's like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's a small fucking town. We're gonna go watch wrestling here. But it sounds like what the issue is is this. Uh, the promotion there, I believe, it's SWF. A lot of the locals turn out for it, and they are not a very inclusive people. If you remember how we just said there wasn't a lot of diversity in our town, mm, not here either. And it sounds like the locals like to chant not nice things at people. Mm-hmm. Three letter words and whatnot. Three, six. <laughs> I counting. don't know. <laughs> Fair you enough. Know, the words can be varying lengths, but that's a, that's disappointing. We get in, and this. I'm glad I didn't go front row on this place. Uh, front row and back row are basically the same, which we've learned a lot from indie shows that you're going to have the, the same view regardless of where you're at in most <laughs> venues. Like basically, if you're paying for front row, really what you're paying for is the the joy of sitting. It has nothing to do with your proximity to the ring because general admission in a lot of cases is just as close to the second row. But we were in some bleachers, so that was nice. They were very wobbly. I was worried that the weight of uh, wrestling fans was going to collapse it under us. It didn't happen. So basically, the room, the room was segregated into basically the Nashville side and the local side. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Segregation. Well, yes, they're used to that there, probably. That's mm. not nice. I should cut that. Good luck remembering to. <laughs> but so the locals are sitting on one side. We're on the other. And this was a hot show. Both the crowd was loving it. And it was hot as absolute fuck in this building. <laughs> like 90 it, plus. Oh, it was 90 plus outside. And the airflow in this building was coming from two fans. Huh? So it was it was hot. Uh, we were supposed to have. This whole weekend, I was very excited to see Joey Janela wrestle in Tennessee. He announced before either of the shows that he was injured and not going to wrestle. So going in, I already knew I was not going to see Joey Janela versus Superstar Bill Dundee. This make you sad? It made me a little sad. Because, you know, I, I really, I haven't gotten to experience one of those matches live. You know, one of those really uncomfortable, weird uh, wrestler. Dude, he's almost 75 years old. So what? I wanted to see Joey Janela fight him. (laughs) Yeah, well, you got to see Joey Janela do certain things with uh, certain flags (laughs) over the weekend. So that's almost as good. Yeah. But the one thing everybody seemed to be very concerned about with this show is how the crowd was going to react to Effie. Yeah. Effie, very flamboyant. And he was part of a tag team called Effie Juice. 
he was with a man named Juicy Jimmy, who I'm not a good, I'm, pr- I'm probably not good at gauging the weight of somebody, but he felt like 400 pounds. <laughs> He was a large, large man. And, God, the crowd, you could tell, wanted to say something. But it almost felt like maybe they were told in advance, this is a pay-per-view. You're going to be on TV. People are going to see you say these things. Maybe Represent your town better than this. Yeah. There was a real vibe of that. (laughs) And guess what happened? Or a bad thing. Well, guess what happens when no one heckles him and our entire section is cheering? What happens? They had a pretty good fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) I would go so far as to say Tullahoma, Tennessee loves Effie. And Effie made a point. uh, I believe, I don't remember if he said it to a friend or if he said it on Twitter, but he said he was going to amp it up for this show. He was going to amp it up a little bit. Yeah. Because he said he said he thought he would get a lot of street cred if he got stabbed and lived. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see. I mean, he ended up wrestling twice. So the crowd had to deal with him two times, both times with Juicy Jimmy. And at one point during, I believe, the second match, he reached down the front of his tights and pulled out a butt plug. And stuck it in somebody's mouth. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Dude, have we ever told the story of Oh, no on here? No. I don't know if now's the time, but... I, sometimes there's to. time for a tangent. A lot of times, Derek and I, or even my wife says it now, we'll go, Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> our, uh, <laughs> our buddy Ronan... <laughs> was His real name's he... Evan, but... In high school, we called him Ronan. Don't know how that got started, other than it was his Halo character's name. He was walking around somewhere in Dallas. That's where he's from. He's passing a car, and he just hears, oh, no. It was out in front of his fucking house. That was in front of his house? Yes. Well, you tell it then. From what I understand, and and, and I'm trying to be culturally sensitive, sensitive to the story, there was an Asian man whose car broke down out in front of his house. And he, I guess, put the car jack up under his car and was fixing something underneath the car. Well, the car jack gave out. And it didn't give out and crush the guy, but the car came down on top of him in such a way that he was not able to get out. And after a while, Ronan kind of checked back out the window, and he saw this guy and his legs sticking out under the car and he just wasn't going anywhere for an extended period of time. So eventually Ronan hightails it outside. Well, I guess not hightails it knowing Ronan. He probably took his time and kind of he stumbled out there. He probably very casually walked out, maybe had a snack, maybe smoked a cigarette. Right. And and I wish there was a way with this podcast I could paint a visual. Ronan is a big some bitch. Like I'm saying he's probably what? 6 three six four and he's got to weigh just as much as me but there's probably a little bit more muscle on him at this point he's ripped his shit and he's in the army <laughs> yeah so anyways he strolls up to this car and just i wish i wish i could do a better impersonation of his voice but it's just kind of like a slurred deep voice where he he was is there a problem or is do you need help or assistance and all he hears from underneath this car is Yes, help, help. Oh, no. Oh, no, I'm stuck. Oh, no, I'm stuck. Oh, no. 
Oh no, help, help. And Ronan's like, what do you want me to do? Like, your, your car is on top of you? He's like, yes, help, help me. Pick car up. And Ronan's like, all right, well, I'm going to try to pick this car up. But if I pick it up and it's too heavy, I'm going to drop it and it might end up hurting you. And, and immediately the guy's like, I don't care. Help, help me. You are up. actually doing a pretty accurate Ronan. Just so anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, um, his, his little legs are kicking out from underneath this car. He's He's stuck. Ronan, being a monster of a man, he's like Braun Strowman, reaches down both of his hands, grabs the bottom of this car, and picks it up just enough to where this guy is able to slide out from under the car. And after he slides out from under the car, the guy is very like thankful, apologetic. Oh, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, oh no, my gosh, and whatever. Ronan goes back inside. The second part to this story is that I guess for days and days afterwards, just like the scene in Gran Torino, this guy's family keeps bringing him like Chinese food, like day after day as a as a thank you and as a gift, and he keeps trying to be like, no, that's fine, it's good, and then he ends up like taking it and it's delicious. <laughs> but for years now. That story has been a point of reference for anytime something unfortunate happens, just a little, oh no, oh no, oh no, help, 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 <laughs> help. And I don't know why that's so funny to me, but I think it's because in my mind I hear it coming from under a car. Uh, we still say that all the time, and I feel like we've probably said it on here before and never thought to to fill you guys in on what that is. Yeah. You're going to hear it you you're if you haven't heard it already, you're going to hear it again at some point. So, point and, of reference, that's what that's from. And you're probably going to start saying it your damn self. So, <laughs> you're going to on your own when something unfortunate happens, you're going to be saying, "Oh no." Just wait till you're in public and you witness something bad happen and under your breath to yourself say, "Oh no." <laughs> Oh, no. But there's an H. There's a little bit of an H at the beginning of it. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Now, that was my response to Effie pulling a butt plug out of his pants. I'll be honest. Continue. I had forgotten what we were talking about that got to that point. <laughs> I brought it back. We didn't lose the story. So what happens here after the oh, no? So after the butt plug stuff, these two end up in the middle of the ring together. Uh, Juicy, Jimmy, and Effie. Juicy Jimmy removes his shirt. Effie basically kind of rubs his face all over Juicy Jimmy's breasts. I don't I don't know what else to say. It's there. his chest. He's just a fat man. Yeah. I think he even referred to him as titties at one point during the match, though. He referred to him as titties? I think Juicy Jimmy referred to his titties. Oh no. Oh no. But then after that, uh, they just had a good makeout. Right in the middle of the ring. Right in the middle of the ring. Did you ever see the movie Bruno? I didn't, but I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Well, at the end of that movie, they go and put on an MMA, MMA fight in a small southern town and call it Straight Dave's Man Slam in Action. And it ends with him basically having sex with another man in the middle of this room while a lot of angry southerners yell. That was not the case in Tullahoma. What happened was we broke out with a chant of love is love and the locals looked like they didn't hate it. (laughs) 
I want to say I'm pretty sure that GCW brought a little culture to Tullahoma and changed things for the better that night. So WWE is trying and failing to bring culture to Saudi Arabia, but GCW <laughs> is having success <laughs> in Tullahoma. <laughs> but basically, uh, what a this, world. This entire show is essentially pieces of the GCW roster wrestling these SFW guys and they're acting the whole time like this wombat is a promotion and that it's been gone for years and everybody's telling me that the joke of this is that wombat was never anything and this is the first of it but they keep referring to it being like the first wombat show in 15 years but it's also, I don't get it I didn't get it either Derek but I will tell you what I did get. I got to see goddamn Nick Gage fight Cabana Man Dan. I'm sure those flip-flops came in handy. I, oh, he tried, man. He really gave him those flip-flop chops. And uh, I think what I would refer to Nick Gage did as uh, no sold him. <laughs> um, would you expect Nick Gage to sell a flip-flop? You never know. I mean, we watched Nick Gage put on Orange Cassidy's sunglasses at one point, so really, anything's possible. <laughs> um, Overall, uh, it, was a, it was a fun show. It was a weird show. I'm trying to think of, like, what match could I even say was a good match? Because it was just so much insanity. It's just such a weird little venue. I mean, I've posted some pictures, or I will post some up on Instagram and stuff so that you can see the inside of this place. But I've never been to a place. They did not serve alcohol, Derek, but they did have probably smart. chili cheese dogs, nachos. Yep. I heard yep. somebody say that they had lasagna. Yep. And at one point, our section started chanting, who's tried the lasagna? I would have tried the lasagna. Would you have eaten lasagna at this place? You really would Might have. as well. Yeah, if I didn't have anything going on the next day. If I see, this is what we should be reviewing. We should be reviewing the delicacies from each venue. You, you sat beside me at Money in the Bank last year and watched me eat nachos where there was a one-to-one -one ratio for jalapeno to nacho chip. And it was no thing. It was no problem. And your mind was blown. You've Why got a fucking iron stomach, though. You always have. I wouldn't say it's iron. It is a little bit of Russian roulette as to sometimes it turns into a, a nuclear situation. But the things that you would expect to destroy my stomach don't. Other random things absolutely will. Saw a blindfold match. You're so proud. It was Jimmy Lloyd <laughs> versus JJ Garrett. And I was not super looking forward to a blindfold match until one spot. Did Jimmy did. Lloyd put his shoes on. Jimmy Lloyd did have his shoes on. He mm -hmm. did. He had them on for both matches. He rest basically everybody on this card wrestled twice. It was the show didn't feel super long, but it was so hot that it was just draining the life out of everybody. Yeah. But for this match, you know when guys will run the ropes and jump over each other and do rolls and go back and forth and for a little bit while running the ropes? Yeah. They did this blindfolded, but they were both so far away from each other that they were both ducking and rolling over nothing for a little while, and it was pretty good. <laughs> Weirdest so thing of the night, though, for me. 
So Superstar Bill Dundee comes out probably 20 minutes before his match. And he comes out to basically no applause. It's very silent. He cuts a weird promo. He leaves. We find out that he's going to wrestle Tony Deppin now instead of Joey Janela. Joey Janela. Yeah. And when this match finally happened, it felt like I was watching Shawn Michaels versus Hogan. Where... You remember Shawn Michaels just super selling everything that happened? Like yeah. it was the most devastating? That yeah, was Tony Deppin in this match. Just that, making Bill Dundee look like God. Bill Dundee took one bump in the entire match and just threw punches the rest of the time. Ugh. It was so you're rough. You're saying not that great? It was not that great. This was not a great main event. It was awkward. Bill Dundee won a title at the end of this and basically the entire locker room comes out to clap for him he just fucking powders it that's just that's kind of sad actually it just felt like he didn't give a shit like they like tried to make scene from the wrestler they tried to make it seem important and even he felt like no i know that he just let me win <laughs> wow he's like i wasn't pretend punching him that hard the question that I have for you as we as we wind down talking about this show that you went to, does this give you hope that our hometown could one day host a GCW event? Like, is that something that could happen? Do we have any local wrestling in our area? There has to be somewhere they can bring it in. I swear I one time saw one time I saw a, a poster for some indie wrestling at our local grocery store in Pittsfield, but I can't remember how many years ago that's been. We do have a wrestler by the name of Jake Durden, who is from our hometown. Dirty and, Durden. Uh, I wonder. I guess, yeah, there absolutely has been, because Jake Durden won uh, the, a title in the Pittsfield High School gym, Gymnasium. Well, then, yes, GCW coming to Pittsfield, Illinois soon. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask, is there a way that we can set this in motion? Is there a way we can push this into happening? I mean, I'm sure there is. I bet it involves money. (laughs) I mean, you and I could emcee. You and I could emcee a pro wrestling event in our hometown. Why not? I think we should be on commentary. We just got to get the GCW guys to come in and beat up some locals. Would you be thrilled to see Nick Gage wrestle inside of our old high school gym? Yes, I would let him sleep in my childhood bedroom. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dad, you gotta make some coffee for Nick Gage when he wakes up. Do <laughs> you think Nick Gage would put you <laughs> here's what you do? You tell Nick Gage, my dad loves it when people put their fingers in his belly button. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see what my dad's reaction would be to Nick Gage sticking that finger in there. One, I don't think Nick would do it. Two, fuck, I don't know what would happen between those two. He's a pro wrestler. You pay him enough, he'll do it. <laughs> it's all about money. Just pay him like 300 bucks and be like, walk up to my dad when he's shirtless and put your finger in his belly button and see if he flips you down to the ground and asks if you'll do it again. I did think of something. I, there was a hardcore title mat ladder match at this. And I realize I do need to mention this because it was a ladder match like I'd never seen. They broke all of the ladders that, you know, stand like a like a triangle. And the only ladder they had left was just a straight ladder. 
Well, that's that's not how that's supposed to work. I'll tell you, it definitely adds a level of excitement where you're like, I'm going to watch a person die in this. <laughs> this is a match, my friend, that started with a guy pulling a knife out and slicing the other guy's head open. Immediately. So there's just blood from the top. You heard it here first, people. Garrett Callender's going to the places Dave Meltzer won't. Yeah, I didn't see big. I didn't see Uncle Dave around there anywhere. Though I you're will telling me you're telling me Dave Meltzer didn't book a flight to go see Superstar Bill Dundee wrestle and throw the best punches in the history of the biz. What a pussy, am I right? Yeah, what a bitch. <laughs> Where were you, Dave? We hey, were here. Meltzer. Boo. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> oh, shit. But yeah, it was a good time. I, I did enjoy the show, and I will 100% return to that venue. Uh, That's I don't, night one. This is just night one. I it's hard, You know, I had just gotten off work. I came to this show. Or, no, I didn't get off work. I'm making that up. What did I do? It's probably high. It was on a uh, Saturday, dude. Yeah, that was a Saturday. No, I was just <laughs> binge-watching Veronica Mars, then went to this thing. What you just found out is that Garrett doesn't actually go to any of these things. He just makes it up. It, yeah, I, I I just read what I hear on Twitter. No, it was a, <laughs> honest to God. It was a really fun show. It was it's a very, very unique show. And you are getting an experience that you are not going to get anywhere else. Just seeing these southern guys that I had never seen anywhere. And then mixed in with like Nick Gage, the stunt brothers, Mance Warner, Jimmy Lloyd, Effie. It was a good lineup. It was a, it was a weird as shit show. And I you, I like that. We discussed that last week. I want a weird show at this point. That's what you're doing this for. You want the weird shit. That's why you drove to a dangerous town. Or not so dangerous. I think you're going to be all right in Tullahoma. (laughs) So tell me about night two. Or I guess day two. Yeah, day two. GCW lights out at Basement East. It was sold out. That's the venue that they normally run uh, Southern Underground Pro out of. So if you'd never tuned into SUP... This is basically where we're seeing it every time. And seeing that place packed as hell was awesome. So Did good. Did make you more excited than you even usually are? I was really pumped for this show anyway. The The card was just so good. It's GCW's first time in Nashville. I'm going with uh, Leah and her friend Katie, who had never been to a wrestling show. This was her first ever. And You my- love doing that, don't you? I love being somebody's first wrestling show taker guy. <laughs> I guess I could have worded that. Say, I love taking Did you say taker? To... Is there a way you can edit in taker's gong after you say that? <laughs> and then we just wait for seven minutes and then I start talking again. Yeah. So you took somebody who hadn't been to a show before. I did. And it was, this show was awesome. We walk in though and I got front row to this and I didn't know how chairs were going to work at GCW Basement East just because it's such a small room. Uh, That being said, there was one row of chairs. And you got it. Oh, knees touching the ring, baby. It was dangerous. And where Leah and I were sitting was I was like, at this point, I didn't know there weren't going to be glass tubes. I thought this was going to be a light show because, you know, it's called Lights Out. I'm wondering if maybe Basement East was like, don't smash glass all around our bar because that's illegal. (laughs) 
but uh, the back of the Foreman Mills doesn't give a shit. Break as much glass as you want. Yeah, and there, you didn't serve booze in there. Maybe you can only smash glass where there aren't food and drinks being served. Aren't those the rules for, like, a strip club? Like, you can only show things when you don't serve booze. You, know you can saying? only smash glass in a strip club when there's no alcohol involved. <laughs> this is a PSA. Just the more you know. But this show, it opened... What was crazy about this show was getting to see flippy guys have to deal with a low ceiling and still being <sighs> able to do it. The opening but match was... a. Scarier. Blake, oh, it was a little scarier. This opening match between Blake Christian and uh, KTB. KTB took Blake Christian and threw him straight at an air duct. Like, straight into the ceiling. Like, and hit his head on it. I've never seen that before. That was great. Don't know if Basemanese <laughs> loved it, but that's a spot I'd love to see a second time. <laughs> uh, that match, hot opener. Then we go into a three-way tag team match. The Rejects versus the Carnies. Versus violence is forever. Here comes the blood, Derek. It only took them two matches to get to the blood. Live from the front row. Live? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was not long into it before one of the rejects had a screwdriver and was drilling that into somebody's forehead. Staples in the forehead. Everyone was gushing blood in this one. Were you even watching the match or were your eyes fixated on the first timer? Oh, she wasn't sitting with us. We found out she later that she was coming to town. So she actually had a general admission ticket and was over with uh, Kelly at the bar. Okay. But I will tell you this, just spoiler alert. She fucking loved it. She had, she said one of the best times ever at this thing. That's goddamn right. And guess who's responsible for that, Derek? You? No, Effie and Orange Cassidy. Don't I don't <laughs> deserve that much credit. It is... Maybe one of my favorite matches I've ever seen live now. On paper... Was how much fun it was? Yeah. On paper, it just seemed like that was going to work. This was their first time meeting up. And holy fuck. This was such a good comedy match. I saw some of the clips from the match, but go into more detail. One of the single greatest spots I've ever seen. You know, like uh, Orange Cassidy does the spot where he, he gets his orange juice and he drinks it. Yeah. Well, he gets the orange juice in his mouth, turns around, Effie grabs him by the face and just plants a huge kiss on his face. And then Orange Cassidy turns around and looks shocked and has his mouth open. And you realize the juice is no longer in his mouth. His mouth is empty. And when he turns around, all of the juice that was once in his mouth is now in Effie's mouth and goes straight into Orange Cassidy's eyes. Ugh. And all over Leah. Was she into that? I think if it had been anyone else besides those two, maybe. She fucking loved both of these guys so much. She had already knew she loved Orange Cassidy. She had never seen Effie before. And I think she has two new favorite pro wrestlers. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Orange good. I'm pretty sure Orange Cassidy beats out Dalton Castle for her now. It's it's fantastic that with for all the years you guys have been together that at this stage of the game she can still have new favorites when it comes to your crazy fucking hobby of pro wrestling. Well, and of she says of any match she's seen live, that was her favorite. Keep in mind some of the shit she's seen live. She right. was you've taken her to PWG a bunch of times. She got to see Zack Saber Jr. beat 
Roderick Strong for the title. She got to see fucking Chris Jericho fight Kenny Omega in the Tokyo Dome. She's she has seen, she got to see Triple H beat Sting. She got to see Triple H beat Sting, which she loved dearly. But somehow, <laughs> Effie versus Orange Cassidy still top for her. And at the end of this match, Orange Cassidy and Effie they shook hands, realized they should be friends, and went out to go get a cup of coffee together and left holding hands while the whole crowd chanted love is love. Nice. Though we were talking to Orange Cassidy after the show and may have said, I may have been too high for your match. And Orange Cassidy's response was, you can never be too high for an Orange Cassidy match. Go ahead and put, <laughs> go ahead and put that on Twitter if you want. <laughs> Did you? Oh, yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah. That's up on Twitter. And this surprised the shit out of me. I am taller than Orange Cassidy. Didn't that make you feel like a badass? He was the same size as Leah. It just made me feel more like I could have married Orange Cassidy. Does it make you feel like you could have done things in this business? Um, It's good to know that there's a couple people I'm taller than out there, but I'm going to go ahead and say I've my, I'm past my prime, Derek. I'm past. There's still time, man. Yeah. We can get you. Uh, we can get you on a training regimen. I mean, I know that DDP yoga didn't go the way you expected it to, but uh, oh, we dropped talking about that hard. Yeah, we just never brought it up again, and I really appreciated that. There's some listeners that are like, "That never came up again," and he just got out of it. Yep, that's exactly what happened. Well, sometimes you got to drop a bit when it's not working. Continue telling stories. Uh, Tony Deppen versus Rich Swan. Fun as hell. Definitely a spot I've never seen. Tony Deppen leaves the venue, comes back. I don't know if you have these around Chicago, Derek. Do you have those bird scooters? The ones that you scan and like you can just ride a scooter around town? Yeah, those those came to town about a month ago. It's oh, you, you guys just got them. Yes. So they've been a problem here in Nashville for a while. They cover the streets. Everyone hates them. But Tony Deppen leaves and rides back into the venue on one of these scooters that litter our town. He does a full lap around the ring on this scooter and punches Rich Swan in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so That's awesome. Scooter spot. Never seen that before. Uh, Tony Deppen's just the fucking best right now. I love that guy. He's such a good wrestler. Uh, then, yeah. Tell me about Joey Janela. Because that's what I'm here for. Okay, you're here for Janela. So Janela wasn't wrestling. He was on commentary on both of these shows. You know, he was still here. He still had to do a seminar in Tullahoma before that show. So he's still coming to town. Do you know who Tracy Smothers is? Yes. Tracy Smothers was there. And Nate. he was fighting Nate Webb. We were having a great time singing Teenage Dirtbag like we like to do when Nate Webb comes out. And Tracy Smothers interrupts it to do his whole bit about incest and the South and just saying things that just, you know, kind of make you uncomfortable. He really tried to get the whole crowd to chant. He's like, call my wife. Or he said, don't call my daughter a slut, slut, slut. And we're just like, okay, we won't. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I don't know this lady. I don't call anyone that that's a, uh, I'm not going to do that to your daughter. I'm sorry. And eventually Joey Janela is on the stage and strips down to his underpants, like Ric Flair, gets in the ring, falls down, and gets up and does the Ric Flair strut 
in his boxer briefs before he grabs the Confederate flag out of Tracy Smothers' hands, wipes his ass with it, and then just says, fuck the Confederate flag. Then Tracy's pop. It did. People were going nuts. And then Tracy Smothers uh, kissed his daughter on the mouth and said, incest is best. (sighs) Derek, I think I figured out the weirdness of GCW and why I like it. GCW is the wrestling equivalent of the movie Crank 2. It's unpredictable, and I fucking love it. You never know what's coming next. <laughs> you did say that you think GCW is your new favorite like promotion, like this is, indie promotion. This is the most fun indie show I've been to in a while. I'm trying to think of the most fun I've had in an indie show since or before this. GCW is just so much fun. You and I front row in Chicago, we're going to have a fucking blast. But oh gosh, I can't, I can't wait till some more na- matches get announced for that. I know I'm pumped. I think it's going to be more like this show where, you know, you're going to get some blood and guts, but you're also going to get the comedy matches. You're going to get a little bit of everything. This show though, I was not expecting this to be the moment of the night. So Southern underground pro wrestlers started getting booked in GCW, but one that was not getting booked was Brett Eisen, the G- the uh, sub champ. And a lot of fans on Twitter were really pushing to get Brett added into this show. It just kind of seemed like nothing was happening with that. So Mance Warner and Matthew Justice are having a match. And then they're getting ready to start and music hits. I have never heard a pop like this at an indie wrestling show. I'm like, this this felt the same as when Zack Sabre Jr. won the PWG title. When Brett Eisen walked out, that crowd, like, no joke, talking about it right now, I have goosebumps. I've never That's been, awesome. like, I'll be completely honest. I've never been the biggest Brett Eisen fan. Like, I like Brett, but he's never, like, my guy It's up. I never, like, chose him as, like, this is my dude. I could not, that guy has to be so fucking happy today. I was so happy for him and the pop that that crowd got him. And the whole match, the crowd was chanting, that's our guy. He had a really good match against a couple GCW guys. Fuck, I'm so happy for Brett Eisen today. He didn't win, but it doesn't matter. I mean, that is the kind of pop that he is. He is certainly never going to forget that pop that he received in that building. That's what's important in that situation, is that he was the hometown hero, and he got the reaction he deserved when he came out. He absolutely did. And getting to make that kind of a debut on a really good show on pay-per-view for uh, GCW, that has to be great for him. And honestly, that night, he might have become my guy. (laughs) Like, seeing him get that... You're a Brett Eisen guy now? Oh, by the end of that match, I was like, fuck it, yeah, Brett, let's do it. Like, I love Manser. But I, I was so happy for Brett. Like... Even after the show, I had to walk over and just be like, dude, I had goosebumps. That was awesome. And just being at an indie show and getting to have that kind of a reaction, that, that's a really fucking special moment to me. That's awesome. Yeah, that is the one thing like I would have not guessed to walk out with. Uh, as the show is progressing, more and more of the front row chairs have been taken and used for weapons and broken. But towards the end of this, no joke, our side of the ring only had three chair, three chairs left, and we had two of them. 
And then Alex Zane, who the first time I had seen him was on GCW's Backyard Show. He had a match with Tony Deppin. Alex Zane is fucking awesome. This dude, you got to watch out for this guy. I think he's got he's got good things coming. But he goes over and says, give me your chair. And Leah just goes, God damn it. <laughs> and hands him the chair. <laughs> like she was not happy, but she did it. She was so like at one point during the show, no joke. She went to the bathroom and folded her chair up and took it with her. Because she's like, I paid for this fucking chair and I'm sitting down. <laughs> I, like the, I like that your wife is still like. She's inconvenienced by a part of the show. And as she, when she says, God damn it, Alex Zane goes, I'll bring it back. <laughs> and then he takes it into the <laughs> ring, does a spot where his face gets smashed onto it. And as the chair's folded up and he's laying on the ground, you see him shove it out of the ring and just heard him say, pass it back. <laughs> and there was still a lot of chaos going because it was a multi-man match. It was cool seeing Alley Cat in GCW. Uh, what was it? Shane Mercer, AJ Gray, Alex Zane, Alley Cat, JJ Garrett, who was in the blindfold match the night before, Logan Stunt, and Steve Manders. They just called it a fuck fest, I believe, was the name of this match. It was a lot of fun. And at the end of the match, after the whole thing was over, Alex Zane walks back over to Leah and unfolds the chair and presents it to her like... As promised. So Alex Zane, good dude in my book. <laughs> he had to do a thing. Hey, you took a pretty good picture of Alley Cat, too, by the way. Yeah, she put on uh, Manders's cowboy hat, and she was right in front of us. So I held the phone up in the air, and uh, she posed for a portrait mode. Because if you're going to be sitting front row at a show, why not utilize the portrait mode on your phone? For sure. Oh, 100% did that. It was a great... Hey, we got a lot of retweets and likes on that, so thanks. You did good work on the social media this weekend, buddy. Hey, I hate doing social media. I don't know if you've ever noticed that about me. I, I can tell. <laughs> I wish there was a way that all of us, uh, everybody listening, could just come to my house and hang out. <laughs> I'm so well, host, bad at... Host some more barbecues and shit where you watch pro wrestling pay-per-views. Yeah, look, like I'm back to a point where I have 200 missed texts on my phone. I was doing good for a while. I'm back to being a shit person. I'm sorry, Derek. Well, apologize to the people whose texts you haven't replied to. How? Through text? It's been too long. It's too awkward. Through the podcast right now for everyone listening. Can I? Okay. Last match and we'll move on. Nick Gage, Marco Stunt. Nick Gage ends up defeating Marco Stunt. This was not a bloody match. This was just a kind of a regular match. Still terrifying to watch Nick Gage throw around Mar poor Marco, though. Well, so it was just basically like a regular wrestling match? It was a pretty regular wrestling match, yeah. It was a good match, don't get me wrong. It's just, would I have liked to have seen Marco get pizza-cuttered a little bit? <laughs> just a little. I mean, we were in the front row. I had a perfect spot for Nick Gage to present his head to me and just the show me. The camera was ready in portrait mode. Oh, I was going to portrait. I was going to have the most beautiful portrait. Nick Gage may have even made it his cover photo on Facebook after that. Who ended up winning? Nick Gage, he's the GCW heavyweight champion. That guy's had that belt. I mean, he hasn't lost it since we saw him. He was the champ when we were there. Is he going to carry that belt with him to the, <laughs> the great beyond? <laughs> Who is the G Who's going to be the person to come to GCW and take that away from Nick Gage? Because at this point, it's got to really make sense. You can't David just... David Arquette. Oh, can we just get that fucking rematch already? <laughs> the people want it. I wish there was an indie money in the bank, don't you, that spanned across all of the promotions? 
and a guy could just randomly show up at a promotion one night with it and cash in. See, that's this year, Money in the Bank. Randy Orton's going to win it. He's going to show up to a GCW show and cash in on Nick Gage. That's a great transition because did you see the conversation on Twitter this morning? I'm thinking I didn't. Is it between Nick Gage and Randy Orton? Was it a perfect it was between, transition? It was between Randy Orton and Will Ospreay. And Randy Orton was saying he was, I don't know if it was a joke or not. I'm sure it was, but he was having an exchange with Will Ospreay for a while in the wee hours of this, of this morning saying he was going to see if he could talk to WWE officials so that they could do a one-off match together. What? <laughs> what? I'm being dead serious. Go, Who's go, gonna... go. Yeah. Well, Randy Orton wants to wrestle Will Ospreay. I kind of want him to as well, because they both have Digest a diamond cutter. That. Yeah. Just the, all the cutters. There's going to be so many cutters. All the cutters. Where could and that even happen? Where do we have to meet? Do we have to meet on like a cruise ship in international waters for that to be legal? I don't know, man. You'll have to go on your own fucking time since you've been avoiding social media, and you'll have to go check out the exchange. And Jericho. I'm not just bullshitting you. Jericho, sail your boat to the middle of the sea and give us Osprey versus Orton. Well, he is doing a sequel to that cruise here in a few months, so. When are you and I going on a cruise? Never. <coughs> well, Wait, we have, what? I think you and I should go on the Jericho cruise at some point, like maybe for the 10-year anniversary. I would love to. I would 100% love to go on the Jericho cruise. I bet there's a lot of opportunities for me to drink Mai Tais and Pina Coladas. We've got more important shows coming up than the Jericho Cruise, though. All due respect. Actually, I ended up getting tickets to an indie show I wasn't expecting to go to. Uh, not this coming weekend, but the following, I will be at Bar Wrestling in Los Angeles. Yeah, I saw you are going out to Los Angeles. What the fuck? Well, you know, sometimes you gotta go out to Los Angeles to go watch Hobbs and Shaw with your friends. You're going to Los Angeles to go see Hobbs and Shaw in theaters with your L.A. friends, but you're not going out there for Bola. I am not doing they. I'm kind of bummed with the Bola lineup. They haven't been announcing a lot of names that have gotten me excited enough to want to make that trip. So at this point, for me, that trip is 100 percent out. But Hobbs and Shaw is in. Well, I'm going to bar wrestling while I'm out there and I get to see uh -huh. another dream match I didn't know I had. Brian Cage teaming with Scott Steiner taking on Joey Ryan and Orange Cassidy. Oh my god. We're going Scott to watch Scott Steiner, is he going to tolerate Orange Cassidy's shit? Is he going to tolerate Joey Ryan's shit? I'm assuming that Joey and Steiner have already wrestled. You would think that's that has to have already happened. But I have to say this probably will be the first time he's locked up with Orange Cassidy or not locked <laughs> up with Orange Cassidy for that matter. That's typically how that works. His hands will be in his pockets. How do you put that guy in the Steiner recliner? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> can he put him in the Steiner recliner and then while his arms are... Is there a way he can get those around and tuck them into his pockets? That'd yeah. be a great spot. Oh, well, we'll find out in a couple weeks. But Gary, can we talk G1 stuff? Dude, 
Yes, yes. We have not been talking enough about the G1. We went to these shows, but, you know, maybe next week we'll uh, we'll actually give you a full segment on G1. I watched Will Ospreay wrestle a couple of matches. I watched John Moxley wrestle Ishii. I just felt like, here's the thing. I watched three matches from the G1 for this show. And, I, I mean, what can I say about all of them except they were all fucking great? <laughs> and for different reasons like every match was a little bit different but like i guess i feel like i'd just be sputtering out like oh you gotta check this shit out fucking i think the best wrestling match of the three that i watched i watched um okada versus osprey fucking fantastic wrestling match i watched that right before we recorded actually and I think I text you while I was watching it. This match is working me so hard right now. I am screaming at my laptop. Osprey's kicks to the back of the head sound so loud. That like hook kick that he does? Yes. God, that I love that. I I I will tell you the one part I did I don't I wouldn't say I screamed, but I made a noise at when uh Okada pulled him off the uh top rope and it looked like he was going to give him a tombstone out on the floor. Oh god. Yeah. And then he got out of it and then did like a like a spring kick off the railing. I can say for certain this is the most I had ever wanted to watch anyone win a match. <laughs> oh, for Osprey? Something clicked partway through that cuz you know Osprey's working hurt right now or at yes. least that's what they're saying. And I like that in a tournament like this, you can have the story going of a guy's injured. And the way this match started, it started out like an Okada match. It started out pretty slow. And it kind of was working like, okay, maybe he is really hurt, and they're going to take this one easy. They took nope. it easy for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. but, but then they beat the shit out of each other. And I was so convinced at the beginning, there's no way Osprey's going to win this. If he's wrestling injured, he's going to lose to Okada. God damn it, if partway through that, I didn't think maybe he stood a chance. Are you disappointed he didn't win? It was such a good match, it's hard to be mad, but I was really, really rooting for that guy. This would have been the coolest win, and I just love seeing the junior heavyweight champion and the heavyweight champion face off like this. And he's never beaten Okada, still hasn't. It's a fantastic fucking match. If you haven't, go check it out. Did you happen to catch... Kota Ibushi versus Osprey. There is a point in that match when Osprey just runs from one side of the ring and just basically karate chops his head off. Yes, that was my favorite spot spot in the whole match. I thought he killed him. I I was like, well, he won. <laughs> <laughs> that was. I kind of wish that was the finish. <laughs> that should have been if that if it just ended with him karate chopping his head off. That is a finish. That is a finisher. His head is gone. That was a fucking awesome spot. I don't know. I mean, them working the like Abushi's what was it? His ankle the whole match. They like it felt like it started off as the knee, and then ultimately it became the ankle. But uh, well, because didn't yeah. Abushi tweak his ankle like on maybe night one or something? So they've been playing up the ankle on that. I'm kind yeah. of surprised at where the records are right now. I mean, obviously this could have changed by Thursday because we're recording this on Monday. Right now, Okada remains undefeated 
and also Kenta remains undefeated. But I believe I think Moxley's be- undefeated too. And Moxley. Those are the three undefeated people right now. But I think Moxley's the only one that's undefeated in the B block. Yes, correct. And his fucking match with Ishii was so much fucking fun. Between them fighting out into the crowd and Moxley smashing his face off that sign, and then them getting back in the ring, the headbutt fest that ended with fucking Ishii doing like this ultimate Mortal Kombat headbutt that fucking knocked Moxley into the fucking corner. I think we finally got the the New Japan Moxley match I'd been hoping for. Do you think so? I this is I mean we got a 20 minute match out of him before that we had had like everything was under 10 minutes. We got a I'm good... still amazed Ishii's body proportions are so weird to me. <laughs> he is truly a fire hydrant of a human being. He is a fire like his his arms even aren't even that beefy. Like I was watching this match he just kind of has normal size arm but he's got a lot of bulk right in the middle. They wanted to have like a hard hitting match. They had one. This was a match that this is a matchup that had me excited and I'm it's pretty cool that they had it this early. I don't know though who at this point I mean obviously we're gonna be excited for Naito Moxley. But what I you know what? Who was it? I think Jeff said the match he was most excited for was Moxley versus Toro Yano. <laughs> What if that's Yano's next win? Actually, Yano has two out of his three matches. He's won. Who do you think's winning this thing, Garrett? I have no fucking idea at this point. I mean, you know what? At this point, this is what I want. I want Okada to sweep it and then say that he wants Osprey. (laughs) Osprey at, uh... Why can't I think of it? At the Tokyo Dome, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. for Osprey to finally win? They're... I don't know. They are, like... They seem to be pushing Kenta pretty hard. Who's going to be the first guy to beat him? It could be Okada. I think that's the next matchup. Do you matchup. think Moxley could win? I don't see Moxley headlining the Tokyo Dome. Why not? I just Didn't I don't Jericho kick that door open and he made a point specifically when he left WWE to say he wanted to work the G1. How do you know that wasn't part of the deal that they like they offered back to him? That just seems like such a hard deal to give him up front, not knowing how that run would go. It's going pretty well so far. It is going well. I, man, if it, it did get international eyes on their product, wouldn't it? A hundred percent it would. I mean, maybe they can get Moxley to the finals of the G1, but then at that point, who beats him? I don't know. I would like to see I would like to see Okada versus Moxley. Is at the Tokyo Dome or just as the finals for the G1? At the Tokyo Dome. You would actually man, I don't know. Can I have such a hard time picturing like an Okada style match with Moxley as the main event. That's why you do it. I mean, fair enough. I can't argue with you on this. It's, <laughs> there's no wrong answer to this. I don't think I'm ready for Kenta to be skyrocketed like that. Uh, fuck, I don't know. Honestly, looking at this, I don't know what the main event of... And that's awesome. I like that this is still a surprise for us. Yes. That there's no like clear-cut person right now that is... You're like, oh, he's definitely going to win this. Do you have something else to bring? Because there's something I do want to close the show on this with, like this week. 
I didn't bring up last week that I saw Stuber and that it was pretty good. Was Dave on point? Dave is still crushing it. Go out there, support Big <laughs> Dave. What do you want to end the show on? I wanted to ask you, you wanted, we, we should have talked about this more last week, but we didn't. And I wanted to ask, because I, I saw some comments today uh, from Seth Rollins where he was commenting on Moxley and AEW and saying, like, basically, he's not in a bad way, but he's, like, dead to him now because he's competition, and they're trying to take dinner off of his table. Like, anyways, it was just another comment. I think a lot of people are getting rubbed the wrong way by Seth Rollins over and over and over again, and I wanted to ask you, what is it about the WWE title, either one of them, that when a guy wins it, suddenly they in WWE they become a little more unlikable, and you we touched on it a little bit last week, but I kind of wanted to if we had a few minutes to dive into that. To I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because you kind of brought that up, and I wanted to follow up. Like, what's going on there? I don't know. Uh, do you? Maybe is it's, that on us? Is that I don't on know us if as it's fans? On us. Or do we just not feel like? he had a good enough story that him holding the title is enough for me to tune in. Uh, I don't know. The same thing happened to Kenny when he won it. He was immediately a little less interesting when he had the IWGP title. I know you hear, you hear this a lot, but like for a lot of guys, especially like the, the baby face types, the, the chase is more exciting and more important than the actual winning. Like when they finally win the title, it's a big moment. But then right after that, you don't necessarily want to see those guys have lengthy reigns. I'm not saying Rollins did. Is was it the was it really him being champion that made him unlikable, or was it just straight up some of the information you learned along the way over the last few months? You mean just was him his- being on Twitter and being like the? Do you like? Are you saying did the Osprey stuff just completely turn me on Rollins? Yeah. Made him. I mean, he was kind of a dick on the internet. It did, it did. But it's the same thing. Like I think when you know a product isn't great, and that person has to talk like it's the best thing in the world because it's their job to do so, you immediately trust them a little bit less. Because now you just feel like they're touting the company line. Yeah. That's not to say I don't like Rollins and that he's not a great worker. I'm not super into him being the champ right now, but I think a big part of that too is the storyline they're telling with his girlfriend. I mean, we talked about that last time. You think that it made each of them a little bit more unlikable. Yeah. But you and I went back and forth and we listed some people who won the championship that that didn't happen with. And you came up with AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. That them winning the title actually did elevate them to the WWE status, and people thought finally, like they felt like that their indie guys that were non WWE guys were the most interesting WWE guys when they won the title. Is that fair? I think so, but I mean, has Rollins just not been an indie guy for so long, or he was in WWE a lot longer while the other guys were doing Ring of Honor and all that? I don't know. I don't have the answer. I would love to hear from some of our listeners about what they think. Like, is, is that on us? Like, because everyone knows about the issues with Reigns. 
everyone knows now, I guess the the situation with Rollins where a lot of people are kind of annoyed with him. Um, obviously you know about Brock and why he's unpopular, but I guess Kofi's not suffering from that. I I, I don't know. I actually is very it, much it, enjoy the new day having all the belts. Is it on the fan or is there something to the idea that when they pick somebody and put the title on them, that it's like they're getting a corporate endorsement that we don't necessarily like them getting. I don't know. Does he Would become love to hear some other people's thoughts in high school? Our friends were huge modest mouse fans. And then modest mouse released the song float on and they all gave up on modest mouse. Is this Seth Rollins float on? Yes. <laughs> and we'll that... all float on. Okay. And you've just found a title for the episode. Good for you. What's the title? Seth Rollins' Modest Mouse Moment. (laughs) (laughs) We have Uh, gone this whole episode without plugging our social media, without telling them how they can be kind to us on on iTunes. Garrett, hit that shit. Hey, thank you so much for listening. This is episode 80. You've been with us a long time. We love you to death. Every week, we hang out with you. If you want to hang out with us further and talk to me on a place that I've openly admitted that I'm not good at, Social media, give us a follow at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter and Facebook at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. If you want to shoot us an email for any reason, Predetermined Podcast at gmail.com. And do us a favor, hop on iTunes, give us five stars, leave us a review. You leave us a review, you can suggest something for us to check out as long as it's even slightly related to pro wrestling, and we will talk about that thing on the show. I, I don't know show. if you noticed, we did have another review. I didn't. We have a new review? I think Billy and Luke went out there and found another phone and gave <laughs> gave us another review <laughs> because they want to see you get a fucking haircut. Well, it's too late. The 15th came and went. Oh, God damn it. Is that it? Well, we're up to 73. I'm trying to pull the review up now, but it's not loading <laughs> on my phone. But uh, Billy did say that he would like us to do... He nominates... Fuck, what match did he say? It's not loading right now. He uh, wanted us to do the ECW One Night Stand 2006. The whole show? Hey, this could just be for Billy. I like Billy. (laughs) How much do you like Billy? You want to sit down and give him a whole audio track of us? (laughs) Does anybody else want that? I Honest to God, I would do this for Billy. Why the fuck not? The whole show? The whole show. I'm just going to send him a file that's like three and a half hours long. And heaven forbid something goes wrong halfway through. Hey, also, your buddy John's looking buff as shit. Yeah, he's shredded. Yeah, I know he's a he's a listener of the show. I don't know John. We've never met. We've only spoken through social media a couple times. But he posted a video of him lifting something very heavy and throwing it over a, a bar, like a high thing. Can you do that? I, I, I would like to think I could, but he probably does it better than me. JD's a big fan of the show. He supports it. He shares our uh, social media posts. Appreciate the love from JD every week. Thank you, sir. Also, I did, uh, right before we started recording, I saw that Lowell sent us a message, and he did say that it was very distracting watching the GCW show over the weekend because Leah and I were so prominently featured in the front row. Like, so his eyes were always drawn to you guys? It's like Conan said, the eye goes to Goldblum, but this time it was me. (laughs) Ha 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 ha!
Uh, he did ask if Leah ever came back because she did disappear. She went to go hang out with her friend by the bar. She came back and forth once in a while. So you may have caught her leaving. She never left out of fear, though. Even though I warned her, it's okay to do it anytime. It's not okay. You tried oh. to make it okay. Last thing. I know I just keep saying like last thing. But we talked to Effie after the show because there was no way I wasn't going to bring up that Tullahoma show to him. Right. And the first thing when I came over and just said, what the fuck happened last night? And what he said to me immediately was, girl. (laughs) (laughs) But I I was just like, what do you say after that? That's all you're going to tell me? He said, well, he's like, well, I made it out alive. And I said, isn't it fucking crazy that like they ended up loving it? And he goes, oh, well, he said, he said, I'm convinced most of them were gay anyway. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, you can't have that much hate in your heart and not want to have a little cum at the end. <laughs> oh, my God. He said, you know, all that hatred is end, ends in just a little gay cum. Uh, we cannot end the show on a better note than that. We started with theater. We're ending with cum. When Effie said that to me, I loved him even more and thought, you're perfect. Never change. (laughs) Effie, Orange Cassidy, you did the Lord's work this weekend, and you put on one of my favorite matches I've ever had the pleasure of witnessing live. Never stop. You guys are absolutely wonderful. Thank you very much. Hit our goddamn music.